You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson, L-O-H, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. We are part of the Locked On podcast, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts on the NBA, NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. So a very busy weekend for the Charlotte Hornets. Hashtag B-I-Z-Z-Y because Bismack Biombo is back back in a Charlotte uniform, this time with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Did he play with the Charlotte Hornets for a little bit when they came back? One year. One year for the Hornets. So then again, so he did play a little bit, but he's back in the Charlotte Hornets jersey. So once again, we will welcome Biombo. All the way back here. He didn't here make in the your Queen's top 30, City. though, Walker. No, he didn't make my top 30. No. For shame. Well, I mean, did you think he'd be in the top? Maybe whoa, we just spoiled it. Whoa, what are we doing? Did we just spoil it? What are we doing revealing? <laughs> no, you're right. Who is not on the list? No, you're right. Biombo, absolutely. <laughs> a, the rules. a top 21 Hornet of all time. So in that trade, it was a three team trade involving the Magic, the Bulls, and the Hornets. So Charlotte, they get Biombo and two second round picks, one in 2019, one in 2020. Orlando gets Mozgov and Jerry and Grant from the Bulls. The Bulls, they get Julian Stone basically just freeing up some money and to make the moves basically all work together. So that is your three-team trade. But the big guys really to look at here is Bismack Biombo going to the Charlotte Hornets and Timothy Mozgov going to the Orlando Magic. The other move we'll get to after a while is Tony Parker, a longtime Spurs legend, he is now going to play with the Charlotte Hornets as Mitch Kupchak and the Hornets signed him to a two-year deal worth $10 million. It's going to be $5 million apiece. And now they have a backup point guard, guys. A veteran backup point guard that you don't have to cringe every time you see somebody else besides Kimba go out. Wait, there. no more Michael Carter-Williams? No more Michael Carter-Williams. No more Ramon Sessions. You get Tony Parker as your backup point guard for the Charlotte Hornets. Let's go to the biz trade first, though. And it was an it's an ugly deal. Weird. Like, you see the contracts that are... In that deal, it's a garbage in, garbage out deal. It, it, it is. It, it, there's not a whole lot to talk about as far as what kind of impact each of these guys will have on the team. Maybe a little bit more with Biz than Mozgov with Orlando, but simply this: if nothing else, you get a player more worth his bad contract than what Mozgov is. Yeah, and and, and, and I'm cool. He's playable. That's the big right. thing. Timothy yeah. Mozgov for an up and down moving system, a guy that can set screens. That's about it. But for up and down. He wasn't going to be valuable in this type of offense. He's a guy that if Cody, uh, where Bismack is, a guy that if Cody goes down, Billy doesn't play well, you can go to him as a third center, play him a little bit, and he's, again, that's all you ask. Just give us a couple of minutes, don't foul out, and don't kill us. Yeah, and for what and for what it's worth, for whatever it's worth, someone that is familiar with the organization and doesn't have a huge impact on anything whatsoever but again it is a guy that is heralded as one having one of the best characters in the league you know everybody loves Bismack and I, we talked to Rick Bennell in the wake-up call today and Rick said that basically Orlando kind of did Biz a favor because he was going to be buried not only maybe as the third string center but maybe even the fourth string no he, he, would, he was going to be zero buried. zero playing time so it does Biz a favor the Hornets get somebody that's worth his bad contract a little bit more it is a playable type of guy whereas Mozgov wouldn't have been 
And I think you just have to be cool with it because you get somebody that's basically the same amount of money. It's still a bad contract for two more years, but it's somebody that for a, even just a little bit is better than what Mozgov is. Here's all you need to know about the deal. Uh, the, the Orlando Magic reaction to acquiring uh, Timothy Mozgov was that, well, we can play him against traditional centers. <laughs> Those don't exist okay. anymore. So they did the deal because they wanted to acquire a, a point guard in Jerry and Grant. And so they, they let go of Biz and uh, some second-round picks. Which, even in Orlando's case, man, they have to think highly of Jerry and Grant, right? I mean, to get rid of second-round picks, I guess it's not like you're losing everything that, and you're not risking the future of the franchise. But you have to like Jerry and Grant a decent amount to get rid of two second-round picks and to get a player in Mozgov. I mean, he's worse than Biombo is, and, and, and none of these guys are good, but he's worse than Biombo is. So just a, just a weird trade for Orlando. I guess Steve Clifford gets his big point guard, but still must like Jerry and Grant more than a lot of other guys. Do. Uh, I, I love Jerry and Grant. I wouldn't be giving up second round picks, especially them, if you're yeah. going to fin- finish somewhere between 30 and 40. Yeah. And Kupchak said during a, a presser after this deal went down that essentially this is going to be a competitive front court situation in training camp and maybe even into the season. So you're going to see Zeller, Hernan Gomez, who is busy having a great summer league and Biombo all competing for role and minutes. If, if this front court stays how it is currently constituted. So you, you know, they traded away a guy in Dwight Howard who was absolutely not in their plans at all and end up acquiring four second round picks all told to a, a couple of those used to to get Devontae Graham. So I, I think you you kind of have to like this move. I, I think yeah, I think you're fine with it. I I mean it's it's not that I'm I'm going out in the streets yelling, thank God for this move, but it's it's certainly a not? move that you're fine. No, I'm I'm okay. Like I like business back. I'm not gonna overreact like some but no, look, I, I think people take it for what it is. It's, well that's it's a because fun move. you were not in Memphis, Tennessee, and you did not see him do a Eurostep <laughs> slam. <laughs> that, did that in barbecue town did that make it to the new handles bio did that stay put when you changed your handle it's staying put right in my memory bank uh, the bio. <laughs> every time i close my eyes to go to sleep i see two things bismack and not as new hairstyle and you bring in hey, yes. hey, okay hey, hey. we'll transition hey. absolutely good yeah not a thank you for gracing us with your presence today <laughs> that you actually have a chance to record a good lockdown hornets podcast with us rather than just be at the barbershop like you were what was it last wednesday hey look look i was going I was going to be there. I was planning on this. This guy had another guy in the chair ahead of me. And mind you, probably wouldn't have made it anyway because it took a while. (laughs) So this excuse running dry really quick. Very, very, very dry. But uh, again, I decided it was summer. Blonde ambition, not a here (laughs) for the summer. We went blonde. Not only did we just get a lineup or anything like that. I mean, he changed his hair color. Yes. It's it's completely blonde, and we're on live right now, correct? That's correct. So it, remind, it reminds me of something. What oh, yes. It, bring it out. Oh, what God. does it remind me of? For the, yeah, we can put this up for the to people who are watching it's live small, on Twitter. Look at that. It's a small picture, but I think I know oh, who that God. is. Yeah, it's Dennis Rodman. Yeah, there we go. No, no, I no. I like up. how you brought up Dallas Mavericks, Dennis Rodman, too. No. Like, he didn't even go. Is that, well, I guess. There you go. I'm just going to cover I'm more George now. Hill than, than, than Dennis Rodman. Thank George you Hill very much. did go blonde for a while. Yes, he did. Who are some other NBA players that went blonde? There's George Hill. George Hill did, and George Hill kind of fit him more than Dennis did. Dennis looked wild. George's for some reason George's looked all right. Yeah, George exactly. So does mine. No, like, I'm not saying yours doesn't look good. It's just that George's looked appropriate more saying, so than Dennis. I'm not saying it doesn't look good. Not. I'm saying that you would make a, a fine North Korean diplomat. You would. I <laughs> you, you could solve a couple of missile. Can crises. you help America out? You think you not for out? free. Yeah. Crises. Crises. I was about to get not for free. What is the parole of that? 
It's got to be. That's that's a great question. Crisis. It probably crisis. What what's crisis. all of our guesses? <laughs> Crises. I man, I it's got to be crises. It's got to be just the way we need to we put, put this the on the poll, yeah, folks. Yeah, I'm gonna put it up. Put yeah, it we, up on the poll and see what people people are just gonna look. Yeah, it's fine. Put it up on the poll and help us out with our grammar today. So we'll also move on to the other move. Another big move for the Charlotte Hornets. Yes. They they bring in Tony Parker, and it's a big move in the sense of its name value. Tony Parker, one of the better point guards of our generation. A what is it five time six time All Star for the San Antonio Spurs, someone that played there forever. Still an older point guard now, thirty six years old, coming mm-hmm. to this Hornets organization. But again, we we've constantly the last two years talked about the backup point guard position and how bad it's been. And you have not been able to rest Kimba Walker for any kind of period of time without giving up some substantial play at that particular position in the second unit. It's still going to be a downgrade. But at least you're comfortable, at least you're cool with Tony Parker handling the basketball with the second unit. And that's something I don't think you've had in, in a couple of years. Yeah, ex- at least since Lynn. And as long as you're expecting, I don't know, eight and five and a decent amount of defense and a decent amount of leadership, someone that a guy like Malik Monk, who was excited when he heard about the news after that first summer league game, we'll talk about more about that later. But a guy like that can teach a lot of guys, especially Devontae Graham, and he's not going to kill you. And for the first time in three years, we can say that. He's not going to kill you on defense. He's not going to kill you on offense. He can hit the occasional three-point shot. He can run what you need him to run. And the familiarity with Batum and making him more comfortable in Charlotte doesn't hurt either. I wonder how much of that made Tony Parker kind of be attracted to Charlotte more so than anything. Because I know the Nuggets and the San Antonio Spurs were pretty much the other two teams that were in as much as the Hornets were. And the Hornets, oh look, the, the roster is just not as what as good as what Denver has, yes. but also it's in the Eastern Conference, so possibly you're looking at a playoff spot about I mean maybe the odds are the same for each of those teams getting a playoff spot, but the roster for Denver is better. So you would think Nick Batum probably helps out with those two absolutely. guys being so familiar. Absolutely. He absolutely does. The other thing is and as much as I love the Nuggets, there's still a lot of questions I have going forward in terms of roster composition and everything that goes along with that. Well, and they're capped out right now, right? They Getting are, Will Barton, and now they've got Jokic coming in on a huge deal. So they're capped out. The Hornets pretty much are, but at least they had a little bit with that short-term exactly. cap relief. And they could offer the second year, which and, I think is the big thing with that. And here's one thing about Tony. Look, if you dislike the – I'm fine with this. Like, I don't think it's – I think you're, you're cool with Tony Parker coming in as a Charlotte Hornet because it helps you – at least short term for a playoff berth. Look, it's going to be if you're one of these people that want the Hornets to tank and want the Hornets to be worse before they're better. I'm not even a hate on you for that. But oh, I am. I, I will. Here, I am. Here's what I'm going to say: is that it's going to be it, it's it's tough with the situation that they're in right now that they're so cap stricken that it's tough to get rid of all these. Even if you wanted to do a massive overhaul. There's other teams that just simply don't want the contracts that you have, so it'd be really hard to do so. No, it'd be like Gilligan's Island. You'd be literally stuck in the same place. Look at Orlando. They're trying to get out, and they just took on Timofey Mozgov's contract. And and if you want to trade Kimba Walker, I'm I'm actually cool. I'm actually probably there with you on that, wanting to trade Kimba in order to get some kind of good return. I don't want to do it for nothing, but I want to get some kind of return. But the thing about it is, you know, bringing Tony Parker. It, it, it's fine. It's it's five million a year. Exactly. It's a tradable contract. So let's say there is a team 
going after a postseason berth, or they want to take a next step, and they think Tony Parker is someone that can come in and help out in the backcourt, then you trade him for a couple of second-round picks like Mitch Kupchak has done everything else, and you got some more assets on you your hands. You may even like, I don't get a late any, first on your hands. May, maybe. If a team is desperate enough, possibly so. So you have... I think a good contract. I think it's a fine contract. It's tradable. He can help you out in the second unit now. I'm I'm cool with Tony Parker being a Charlotte Hornet. I don't see why you're not. I have the audio of Malik Monk's reaction to Tony Parker joining the Charlotte Hornets if you'd like it. I would love it because I watched this on Twitter. It goes to show you, man, Malik Monk is maturing, but also you're not losing any kind of fun from him. Let's let's go to it. Malik Monk's reaction on hearing about Tony Parker. I want to ask about Tony Parker. I mean, what's it going to be like to play with a guy like him? Tony Parker. Did you hear about that? I'm playing with Tony Parker. <laughs> yeah, Charlotte signed Tony Parker. When? This like an hour ago. For real? Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, just kind of what are your first thoughts? We got Tony Parker. <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't even know that. Nah, that's crazy. Nah, that's... I needed that. I mean, to have a guy like that come in, I mean, just kind of what are your... Uh, obviously, your first reactions to it. Oh, that you was seen my first reaction. No, nah, I'm um, I'm gonna try to get his number as quickly as possible and learn learn as much as much as I can. I, I didn't even know we had him. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Malik Monk, man. Straight Just dude. Arkansas. Yeah, he's fun. Like Malik Monk is cool. And I again, I, I got a chance to interview him right after he was drafted. And again, just didn't speak as well and it's not like you know he was extremely articulate in that it was it's just it's fun Malik it, it he seems a lot more comfortable now like Malik Monk just seems like a pretty cool dude it's breaking news this it is reporter breaking news to him I, mm-hmm. I know it, it Wait, is we got Tony Parker? well these guys well were they when they acquired him I mean how how much more time did they have until game time for them that was after the first summer league game correct no was it wasn't was that, that was not before. it so it was, was it like an hour before. So I wonder if they were practicing or something. I don't know. Probably but, shoot around. Yeah, but it was weird that Malik Monk had no clue, especially. And it's not, a, we, you know, we check in on Twitter all the time. He's not an avid Twitter user. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, there's Malik Monk's reaction. And I think Tony Parker, again, going to help out guys like Malik Monk. You heard him say that he wants to get his cell phone number immediately. It's going to help guys like Devontae Graham. Well, had a, hey, listen, he's he's excited, I'm sure, to learn from Tony Parker. But I think secretly he's excited that he will not have as many ball handling duties oh, as yes. he did last season. You think season. that was it? That he just wants to play two guard and he knows that's what's coming for him now? Yeah, he's on that Uncle Drew. He's just getting buckets yeah, right now. Possibly. Possibly. We'll talk about some of the younger guys here in the summer league. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. Get double entries into our contest and access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of the sh- in all of Charlotte. Summer League up next here on the Locked On Hornets Podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay, (laughs) you did. I think you said Miles Leonard. That was on me. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be the same wavelength. Hot shot, Myers Leonard. (laughs) That's, That's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Oh, 
our friend Steve putting out some money tweets. And it's really not anything as a funny quote. Just there's a picture of Blonde Nada staring right at me. Thank you, Steve. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast I'm going to get him back for that one. Look at Nada. Blonde. Blondie. Wow. You like it? I mean, you're you're. Cool I'm with enjoying it, right? it. I'm enjoying it right now. I get left alone more, so that's even better. What does that mean? Wait, why do you get left alone more? People think people think I'm crazy now. People afraid to approach you? Yes, exactly. What made you decide to go blonde? What went in this in the decision? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like literally, this was one of those times where I was just like, you know what? Why not? It's like you know what? Let's go something crazy. The barber's like, say it, no more, fam. Ex- well, yeah, we'll go blonde. Yeah, it was. What was the, the, What was? Yeah, what was their reaction? They when- were. Yo, apparently, I'm not telling y'all the barbershop that did it, but there's a picture of me right after it on their barbershop. You made an after picture. Oh, yeah. So it was a before and after picture. So do you have your before and your after up somewhere? No, no. no, So you just made the after. I just made the after. That's all right. That's that. I would think that means it was well done. It was done. well done. It looks so well done. So they loved it. And if they loved it, if you made an after picture, then. If I made an after picture, look. Or it could be like one of those restaurants that had the eating contest, and if you lose, you still get your picture put up. <laughs> you think that's, that's like what it was? Wow. Like Don't ask for shit. this haircut. Right. <laughs> Do not. You see this one right here. This Customer is, was responsible for the content of this advertisement. I've looked at the picture. I've seen the description on it. You feel yourself a little it's, bit. It's, it's all right. That's all yeah. right. It's all right. You can feel yourself. Oh, exactly. I dig it's it as right. well. We'll go to Summer League now. Malik Monk, a guy we were just talking about his reaction to Tony Parker coming to the Charlotte Hornets. But Malik Monk now out. Shows out uh, in his first game with the uh, Charlotte Hornets in Summer League. But then at the very end of that game, basically Aye. two seconds left, goes in for a really a meaningless strip of the basketball. And then we find out, what is it, the day after, two days after, that Malik Monk has a what is it? A, it's a, a broken a right. right thumb. Th- is it a broken right thumb. right thumb? I didn't know if it was broken or not, but it's a right thumb injury, and it's a broken right thumb that's going to keep him out now for two months. So you're not expecting him to return really till I don't know about September, the, be- the beginning of September. It looks like, and this is interesting because we saw Malik Monk miss pretty much the entire summer from a bad sprained ankle last year, and I it looked like that really hurt his development. Yeah. And we know the importance, based off of basically Malik Monk is our example, the importance of the summer for rookies that come in right before the regular season. And it looks like it hurt him. Now, Malik balled out every, you know, once in a while at the beginning of the season, but consistently was just not there. Malik now, I don't think it's as big of a deal because, one, you're still able to do conditioning. You're not able to shoot with that broken right thumb, but you are able to still do a lot of conditioning drills. And it's only two months. It's it's a decent amount of time, but... Two he'll months be ready for not, training camp. I, right. Like, he'll be ready for training camp. He'll be ready to go for the regular season. So it's not near uh, a a problem like it was last season. Because last no, season it was it, a big it problem. Wasn't, it wasn't a problem. More importantly, with Monk's biggest problem last year wasn't necessarily everything physically with him. A lot of that problem was mental. And now that he knows how to attack things, now that he's got a year of seasoning – I think probably we needed to see all we needed to see from him in game one and game one only. God, he looked good, didn't he? Yes, he did. He was fun. We were preparing to fanboy over him for two straight games until he broke his hand. I'm, I'm, the, the two days that he didn't play, I guess, are the time that we've had since he's played last. It's probably good for us to calm down yes. a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm as big of a Malik Monk fan as anybody, especially him coming to the Charlotte Hornets. I was such a huge fan of that draft pick. And you you hope he's able to really contend and really help out this Hornets team. 
But yet, but that one game, that that, that first summer league game Ooh. against OKC, the guy not only was he dunking it everywhere, he was lining it up from beyond the arc. And one thing, not I know, both of you, uh, both of us pointed out on Twitter, dude looked comfortable as hell out there on the court. Yes, he didn't rush a th- he didn't rush a thing. That was the biggest thing that I took away from it is that he had pacing, he had timing, he had all of that. Like literally, that the one pump fake off three in the first quarter. Like, literally, he took his time. He didn't rush. And that was his biggest issue last year was that, yes, he would rush a ton of those threes just to get those shots up. He's no longer rushing. He's got his sense of timing. It's excellent now. I've always been a fan of his vision more so than most. I've always thought he had the passing ability there. I think he showed that to you in game one. And again, Rick Bennell mentioning this about the coaching staff and their praise for Malik Monk didn't really come from the scoring ability that he had, but it came from one, how comfortable he was that we talked about, but also just playing with a sense of purpose, understanding what you're supposed to do, and also the vision is something that the they vision, it, especially him hitting the, um, Hernan Gomez late in the third, I think even in the fourth, I believe, with that pass. And that was one of those really great passes that, granted, Hernan Gomez almost screwed up, but. Again, the vision to find a guy like that, cutting to the basket and getting the two points. I mean, if he does that, he brings that into the season. This, this he might make MLP. Yeah, yeah. Uh, final stat line for him in game one, by the way. 23 points, 9 of 16 shooting, 4 of 9 from beyond the arc. Uh, did just have the, what was it, two assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, and, and you you could see that the two assists were kind of misleading. Doug, would you like to join us in our Malik Mung fan hood? No, I think he was fantastic. And again, plus minus 13 when he was on the floor. So that just in a close game. So that shows you the impact that that he had in that particular game. And and I just echo what you guys said. I thought he was making uh, good decisions, making quick decisions with the basketball. You know, drive shoot pass. That's 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 what they're going to ask him to do uh, very quickly. And and regardless of whether he's a two or a one, I think they want to put the ball in his hands as, as much as possible. And honestly, that's the only thing that concerns me about this injury at this time is that how how far will that put him behind? in terms of figuring out everything that that they want him to do within what will be a pretty dramatically new offense, we all assume. Certainly unfortunate, but again, not as big of a deal, I think, as what the injury was last season. All right, let, let's go down the list of players and give our quick yeah. reactions before we go on to one more break and then come back with the 21st best Charlotte Hornet of all time. First, let's start off with Miles Bridges, the rookie, first-round pick, 12th overall selection. Miles Bridges, Nada, what is your impression so far? He had one good half so far in two games. The second half of the game against the Heat. Outside of that, he's been kind of underwhelming. And before that second half, I would have said of the three rookies that we've seen, he would be clearly number three. It, it's it's someone that I was not high on coming into the draft, as we all know. I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm wrong with Miles Bridges. You, you can tell that the body looks significantly better than what it did in college. Mm-hmm. You can could, you could tell the broadcast team really focused in on that, and, and deservedly so. I mean, the, the guy lost 20 pounds. You can tell how muscular it is now. It's not the pudge that was there with Michigan State. I, I don't see him driving past a whole lot of people. There, there was one time where he finished with the right hand, I believe, and it, yeah. was, a, it was a nice move. It was a nice right-handed move. But it's but it against was, a guy that's not going to be there. It was against Duncan Robinson, and that, that was what you saw from him. There was a couple times he tried to drive to the paint, and it was kind of those, like what I would do in a one-on-one game mm-hmm. where I try to back you down because I only have a post game. Like That's what Miles did on, on the shot where he stepped back and hit a nice fadeaway. It was all, it was all net, but 
are you are you pulling that kind of thing off in an NBA contest? Look, the guy's young. It's two games. Every single summer league conversation should be spoken with the caveat that it's summer league. Every single conversation yeah, we have. Yeah, should. But that is something that we've seen with Miles Bridges now. If, if you're talking about who you're most impressed with, even as as a whole with this roster, you're going down the list before you get to Miles. And if you want to do the rookies, you're going Devontae. Even if you, if you want to give Kubalka some love in game one, you possibly have him ahead of Miles, and then you're getting to Miles at probably three. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Uh, to, I don't know how much you guys saw of Kevin Knox playing for the Knicks summer league team, but it's pretty amazing that for a large majority of the the pre-draft period, we yeah. had Kevin Knox below Miles Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I Why was we got to bring up old stuff, Doug. I, well, I wasn't high on Kevin Knox. I did have him ahead of Miles, but looks I was good. not high on Kevin. I was not high on Kevin Knox. Looks good. But the guy looks – does he not look different? I. It's like it, it's, he looks different in Kentucky. That's what makes this so hard. Like sometimes dudes just put out something you've never seen before, and it was just a week ago you watched him play basketball. Devin Booker is another one of those guys post-Cal that looks a lot better post-Cal coaching. And Knox might be another one of those guys. I And Shea Gil, Gilgis-Alexander has looked good for the Clippers too. And, and which is, kills me, of course. Yeah. Shea Gilgis-Alexander looks good. And again – Two summer league games. Miles Bridges could just break out in this third one. Who knows? But those are a couple of guys that have looked good. Let's, let's go to some of the rookies real quickly. Um, we had planned on being the fan club from Malik Monk. I'll, I'll gladly switch my club over to the Devontae Graham fan. Devontae Graham, the words, I, I don't have enough words for Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham's timing, his sense of floor awareness is literally not like a rookie. And I know it's summer league. But his the way he fed Makura on that layup, which Makura should should have made, and if he didn't, he should have cut him right then and there. Uh, again, the sense of timing, the floor game, just the overall composedness, that's going to be the biggest threat to Tony Parker playing more than anything else. Devontae did not look shook. I don't know if you can say the same for Miles Bridges at times. Yeah, and 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 Devontae certainly did not. And, and Miles Bridges is a smart player. Like There was a couple of, of high IQ moments. I know the broadcast team pointed yeah. out the fact where he told the the offense to basically do a skip pass while he screened for Kubolka, who eventually didn't hit the three. But still, you know, yeah. s- smart player doesn't mean that these guys aren't smart and certainly not that they're not poised or composed. But there were times where Miles looked out of his element. I don't think I've ever seen that from Devontae. is next level, though. A, a, a Devontae, Devontae looks extremely comfortable. The seven assists that he got in game two, the 12 points that he got. Look, the guy shot three of ten, and here we are praising him. I mean, exactly. it, it was impressive. It, that, that's why you don't pay attention to the box score a, hun- a wholeheartedly. That's why you got to watch the game at Devontae impressed. Devontae is absolutely impressive. Again, the, the jumper has to get better. Has to. And that's the biggest knock on him that I have. Everything else went perfect. Well, this is a great thing to see, too, right? Because the Hornets moved up in the draft to to acquire Graham. Which means you want somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, right. Means, that means you are putting all your eggs in that basket. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get rid of these two assets that would be tradable for anything else because I want this guy. And right now, it looks like, I mean, right now, it looks to be good. They committed to him long term. It sounds like they used part of the mid-level exception to acquire him. And this was a second-round pick. Now, granted... They said after the draft that they had Devontae Graham in the first round. That's why they moved up to 34, because they didn't even they believed he was a, a first round worthy pick. And and it's nice to see somebody that the Hornets committed to in the draft like this perform uh, this well. We've talked about Mitch Kupchak's 
resume picking the the guys late in the first round early second even late second and them having nba careers which you see a lot of these guys completely flame out mm-hmm. maybe he got one right again with Devonte. and the last one i think a, a guy worth mentioning here besides billy hernan gomez who we can all agree played well played played game one wasn't so good game one was horrible it was pretty bad hit a um, step back three though in that second game <laughs> he did yes billy hernan gomez hit a three we we know that he's been working on his outside shot thanks to chris kroger talking to him about that tweeting that out uh, that he's getting up a thousand shots a day arms so tired he can't hold the steering wheel i yeah. get it man yeah. i've been playing a lot of mario tennis on yeah. the on the Nintendo <laughs> Switch. listen it's sometimes i can't even my hand it's like the friends episode with the claw that's my hand yeah it, it's the exact you same. rank up yet in, in mario in mario tennis doug I'm getting there, man. I made a finals uh, this weekend. I lost, but I made it. Mario Tennis you, used to be a game at every single basketball tamp, a camp. That's what you had to bring. And yeah. It, and every time in between games, we'd be in the hotel room battling at Mario Tennis. Fun game. For um, me, it was GoldenEye, though. GoldenEye is a classic Nintendo yeah. game, but Mario Tennis, as far as like a group play, Mario Tennis was it. Dwayne Bacon, the other guy I want to get to real quickly, the term cluttered being used when talking about the wing position by Mitch Kupchak. Dwayne Bacon, though, looks good the first two summer games. Second half of first game is when he really showed up, but this second game, he also he, he continued that. Um, scoring 22 points, I believe, uh, yeah. showing the slashing ability, trying at least to, to prove he can hit the three, and he has a couple of times. I think you got to like what you've seen from Dwayne Bacon so far. Yeah. You, you like what you've seen. The only concern I might have for him going forward is for a 6'7", 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", guy, finishing consistently underneath the rim, how much is that going to hurt you when it comes to the regular season? And there were some decision-making issues. Yeah. I mean, he performed fine, and I, but I really expected him – to excel a little bit more than than he has so far, but a few games left, and and also you you don't like Dwayne Bacon if you're a Miami fan because Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> who looked amazing, who was dunking over everybody, was killing everyone, it was a dunk contest. Uh, he gets injured uh, guarding Dwayne Bacon on the drive. It wasn't Bacon's fault, right? No, it, it seemed to be pressing. Like what Malik Monk out maybe was trying to ball out a little bit more than than you know, maybe he was capable of. There were a couple of bad turnovers, but overall, I'm pleased. With what I've seen from Dwayne, I, I like the kind of game he's exhibited. All right, well, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll discuss the 21st best Charlotte Hornet of all time. We got Nada back in studio, so we'll be here for the criticism. Stay <laughs> tuned for the 21st best Charlotte Hornet of all time, the 21st best beer in, in Charlotte history. I'm Walker Mayo alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson. You're listening to Locked On Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, On contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, (laughs) B shares batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Again, Walker Mail, not Edwards, Doug Branson joining you. We'll move on to our ranking, our radio rank, rank radio list. Uh, I had the 22nd best Charlotte Hornet revealed of all time last episode. That was, again, done without Nada, who was getting his hair dyed blonde. Yes. Uh, did you see who I eventually went Derek with? Derek Coleman, right? Yeah. Do you, I, I uh, heard you call us a Quetiker Fluffle there. Uh, well, I did with, and, and who's, our, who's our, our Twitter follower? Is it uh, Charlotte Sports Despair or something like that? Oh, he, yeah. He contributes. I, I forgot what his handle was, but he was not happy. 
He was ready to unsubscribe. He was ready to delete us all from his life. He was not happy with Derek Coleman being listed at 22. I didn't but, have a problem with it, though. And I'm surprised you didn't because I know, and I think we're all here for the Derek Coleman slander because it's just so yes, easy to easy. do. It, it's so easy with Coleman. But you look at the numbers, like, you know, there he was inconsistent. He, the first season he was here was okay. The second season was actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And then the last season was just, it was awful. And then he was out of here of the Charlotte Hornets. But again, that's, you know, comes in at 22nd overall, just ahead of Kelly Puka, but you're cool with it? I'm, I'm surprisingly cool with it. I, I'm surprised as well. I'm surprised that we have some people that were okay with Derek Coleman coming in at 22nd. So we've done this now. We'll, 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 uh, we'll hold off on the 21st best Charlotte Hornet of all time. We'll go to Doug and his original list. It's unique. It's all Doug's. There's nobody else that's contributing to this. It's all Doug's Wild best and beer crazy Doug. in Charlotte. The best beer of Charlotte uh, in Charlotte history. Doug, why don't you take us away to the 21st best beer? The 21st best beer in Charlotte is Venture Stout. This one from Unknown Brewing Company. Get your sweaters on because this one's available in the winter. Matt McKenzie of Charlotte Magazine says, once known as Silverback, this stout remains one of Unknown's best creations thanks to a well-blended combination of malts and West Coast hops. I'm a heavier beer drinker. I like the stouts. I like the dark, the brown ales. Yeah. Uh, so this one, seen, I haven't tried this one before. So thank you, Doug. It's going to be a new beer that I need to add to the list. Venture we, out and get a venture stout. We need to get more than one actual beer that's available. Well, We've we got gone, one, right? What was we it, have 23rd? one. Was it, that is- uh, well, how many? Well, hold on. <laughs> hold on a second. How many of Walker's top Hornets players are available? Well, answer me that. In the big three or in the NBA? Your cho- they're only available in the, in the winter. Some playoff teams have had some of these guys, so they've been available yeah, exactly. in the summer sometimes. But most of the time, their season ends in the spring. Actually, that's that's not really the case, though. Yeah. Like the, the Hornets that I've had here, the Bobcats, I feel like every single one of them has at least seen one postseason. It's true so exactly. far. And that's how it's going to be. So at least you get some availability for them in the most part. All right. 21st best Charlotte Hornet of all time. Oh, man. I'm so excited. I'm waiting for this one. Because guys, we're, we're so close to top 20. Right. We're, yeah. we're only, guys, 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 guys. We're only one away from the top 20 <laughs> I can't Charlotte wait. Hornets of Ooh. all time. I'm on pins and needles right Franchise now. Franchise history. Top 20. Only one away. Hey. And here it is. After Derek Coleman comes in at 22nd overall, the 21st best Charlotte Hornet of all time. Is Mr. Clean himself, Matt Geiger? <laughs> a fan favorite, one of my favorite sentiment, a little bit involved, but actually a better baller than you might think. It's oh, yeah. also a guy that kind of gets clowned on every once in a while, but still, you look at the stats. Stats actually look pretty good for old Matt Geiger, averaging 10.7 points per game in his career with the Charlotte Hornets, averaged seven rebounds a game in his career with the Charlotte Hornets. Player efficiency rating the first two years were hovering at about 14 and a half. Third year jumps all the way up to 20, has a couple of playoff appearances under his belt with the Hornets. Matt Geiger coming in just ahead of Derek Coleman. One other stat to mention for him real quickly, among the guys who have at least 1,500 field goal attempts, Geiger has the second highest field goal percentage. So Kenny Gaddison, the only guy that's higher. So congratulations, Matt Geiger. You make our list as the 21st the best Charlotte Hornet of all time. Kenny Gaddison, the G-Man. Right. Sir, sir, so for, I'm going to deal with you first. All right, go ahead. This, this, this one, uh, at nothing, there is nothing that Matt Geiger does 
that Marvin Williams isn't better than. There's nothing. Nothing. Jason Richardson. Well, the field goal percentage is better. But. <laughs> yes, because he's a center and he played in the plotting Out. center days where, again, if you didn't And the shoot player efficiency 60, rating was better. Out. Oh, good Lord. And there I is think, no way. No, uh-uh. And the win shares. I think in fewer games, I need to pull up Marvin Williams' stats, but I think in the fewer games that he played than Marvin Williams, the win shares were better, if I'm not mistaken. But other than that. But, I look, Marvin's a great, uh, Marvin's great, right? Like, is a great dude. He made the list. Matt well, I'll tell you one him. area where he beats Marvin as well, and that's nickname the Geiger counter. Oh God, Matt Geiger is great. I mean, no, and, and he, so you deserve to be faded on site for this. Where, one. where, where does Matt Geiger rank in your top Hornets? He list? doesn't. That's he's, he's not even top thirty. He's not top thirty. Wow, I'm putting Dwight over uh, over Matt Geiger. Uh, what, what, what's Out. the what's the Geiger slander here? Like Matt Geiger had a he good, was a useless center. He was not. You're you're thinking of new school NBA. This is back in the late '90s, Nada. This is when these guys were still very useful for these teams. It's Matt Geiger had a big contribution no, in that no. last season. I'm I'm looking at it right here, Nada. Like you've got some good numbers here for Matt Geiger, Doug. Let's please. Am I? Do we have any problem with Geiger being at 21? Love the Geiger counter. I have no problem with it at all. Yeah, because you're going off a sentiment mentality and you love chaos. It's not just sentiment, though. It's not just sentiment. The guy actually put up some pretty decent numbers when you look at what he did. Walker, you, I shudder to think what the rest of this list looks like. Had an eight, hey, had an $8 million bachelor pad. Did he really? That, Did he that, really? That makes him. Is he, is he, can I change it? Can he get in the top 15 with that? Here's the thing. He only made... Because $8 million for a mansion, that doesn't sound like a lot in today's NBA money. Until right? you realize how much he was getting paid. He made $44 million in his career. He spent $8 million of that on his mansion. Was that in Miami, though? That might have been in Miami. Tarpon Springs. Yeah, it's Miami. And also giving Matt Geiger some love for the fact that it seemed like most people were going to be like Nada because everyone was going to hold on to the days of Alonzo Mourning, who eventually went to Miami in that trade where Geiger comes in, oh. and he was the guy replacing Alonzo Mourning. Of course, no Alonzo, but contributed pretty well. For Can the I give you guys some more Matt Geiger mansion facts? I'm here for Matt I'm Geiger I'm here mansion. for this. Oh, some my God. It had a shark tank. A 330,000-gallon pool with a rock diving cliff. It had a guest house, a putting green, an artificial lake stocked with 2,000 bass, several bars, a DJ booth, hot tubs, a pizza oven, a wine cellar, and a cigar room. Yeah, that's, that's totally Miami. Yeah. That's like a Miami that. thing. I like that. I, I like to see that Matt Geiger has also been doubling as a— uh, has been moonlighting as a Bond villain. I, I appreciate that. He does look like, he absolutely does look like a Bond villain. He also had a herd of 12 buffalo, 11 <laughs> Watsui cattle, Watsui? Two donkeys, a miniature horse, and a cow, and a cow. Geiger had 40 TVs, 18 of which were hooked up with Xboxes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't want to know any more Matt Geiger facts. No, I'm here for all the ones that you have. By the way, real quickly, some house cleaning. Not more win shares than Marvin Williams, but a pretty significantly uh, the player efficiency rating higher than what Marvin Williams has had in his entire career with the Charlotte Hornets and also the playoff teams. Mark, yeah, Matt Geiger having a, a good if spot all with that. you can lean on is the playoff teams. Well, I, I'm, I'm giving you more, but I, I, that's just it, one other factor. It's there. Matt Geiger on no planet. Well, you know what we you know 
I'll just let everybody else handle you on Twitter. No, I, I, I think it's fine. My, I'm ready. I'm ready to go at it. It was used as John Travolta's residence in the <laughs> 2004 movie The Punisher. Do we have any? Is it sold now? I mean, does he Matt still Geiger has this, to have sold this it, article right? was in 2011, so he sold it for eight million dollars. Was asking for twenty. Mm, Ooh, that's a bad loss. Sold it for Ooh, eight. That's a bad mistake. Geiger uh, apparently wanted to move into a more family-oriented residence after getting married and having a baby. After You mean the 18 Xboxes weren't cutting it for the wife? I wonder how much money he made for allowing it to be in the movie The Punisher. I wonder if that paid. The, the property taxes were as high as $177,000 a year. Ooh. Is there any way? I, I know we just revealed a lot right there. I, w- I would like a Matt Geiger fact every show. If we can somehow get a Matt Geiger fact, y'all just really want me to find something else to do. Can you okay. can, can you get a Matt Geiger? I wish fact? I would not have wasted all of them. I know. Uh, that's <laughs> we did. No, that's fine. That's fine. Maybe we can. Maybe we can muster some other things Hold up. On, now, it the, doesn't have to be specific to his mansion, but maybe we just get a Matt Geiger fact. Do we know the like wax this. he used? For for his bald ass head, <laughs> so I'd, I'd be let's willing just to know make that. up I'd, things that were at, that were in his house every. Okay, we'll just make up things. Uh, what the most ridiculous things? That's fine. Join us next time on the Locked On Hornets podcast for some more excellent Matt Geiger facts. Not a a guy who approves. Thanks for listening <laughs> to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you Wednesday. See you guys.